It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting information about sex to listen to, but what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six-month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wish you knew, and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now, and there will be links there for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. It's Sex and Sarah Rose, and today I'm here with Rocio Palayo. And Rocio is an innovation specialist with extensive experience building and implementing innovative technology and process solutions across industries. In the past couple of years, she ventured into the sex tech industry, is currently taking on Latinx and introducing more sex tech by bringing in innovation and pleasure to her own culture and being that voice for pleasure and technology. And even better, I think, is that Rocio is one of my dear sisters, amazing friends, and I'm so excited to have you here and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me on the show too. It's such an honor to be here with you today. I'm excited. Uh, well, it's been so much fun to just get to witness your evolution with this whole process and just like seeing the idea, the budding idea that you had and like watching it come. You're like in the actual process of making it all happen now. So really, really exciting from my perspective. And I just I cannot wait to see where you go with all this. I know, right? I actually come to think of it, you have kind of been there at the inception of like these thoughts and ideas. It's like you've been you've kind of been like the doula of my birthing process. <laughs> All right. Uh, actually, yeah, that's probably a pretty good way to see it now that I think of it. <laughs> Can you just first give us like just a brief, what is sex tech? Like when you were talking about sex tech, what does that mean to you? You know, uh, for me, sex tech is not just the technology itself, right? It's not just the innovations that we create, the machinery and some of the software and the apps and all that. What's really what's behind driving sex tech. Uh, the way I defined it, it's anything and everything that will enhance and better your sexuality and the way you see yourself in it, the role you play in it, and the way you interact with sexuality with others. And sex tech is that piece that is helping bring everybody together with their sexuality. Mm, okay. And mm -hmm. so how do you how do you see it do that? Well, the thing with the sex tech, right, is that one, let, let me just clear up here that sexuality and technology is not something new, right? So the word might be new. The word sex tech is kind of like the fairly new thing in the past decade. But sexuality and technology have really always been in bed together. One has pushed the other one forward uh, to become better and vice versa. Uh, we've seen it through history and time. Uh, we saw it with art that was done first 
uh, with erotic images. Then we had the printing machine. And then that was um, the technology of the time that pushed out in mass distribution art, right? Erotic, erotic art that was a big no-no, you know? So that technology's always been around, right? What, um, what has really kind of fairly pushed the word, I guess, sex tech or the way we see sex tech today is these movements behind it, right? It's a sex positive movement, uh, first of all, and the body, the body positive image movement. Um, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but uh, those things are really what have evolved and pushed women to wake up and women to speak up and women to create and innovate and take ownership. So because of that, we have seen a lot more innovations that have to do with women's sexuality, right? Women's pleasure and also letting go of the way that we see ourselves in that women's pleasure in order for us to be able to consume and use the technology that's coming to us, right? Uh, women innovating sex toys, to where now we can have uh, multiple orgasms. And I don't mean like the same type of orgasm, but we know that we now can have different various type of orgasms and there is sex toys that can help us with that. Right? We have sex toys that, that will give us the pleasure of suction and fingering. I mean, those are innovations that um, are really built for women's pleasure. And that is where I see that sex tech has pushed um, a lot of this technology towards women's pleasure so much more that now we're kind of turned around going, hmm, what about pleasure for men? What else should we be doing for them? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's actually interesting because so we've got this reality of, you know, women a lot, I think that I think it's 30% of women say that they can't orgasm, uh, about 65% of women saying that they're not sexually satisfied. And yeah, so, but then at the same time, we've also had this more acceptance around women's sexuality that women can have multiple types of orgasms that they can have multiple orgasms they can have full body orgasms they can have you know women can have g-spot or a spot mm -hmm. or cervical orgasms you know they can have orgasms that are waves throughout their body but for men it's still been very much like oh you can only have this crotch sneeze type of orgasm like the just basic ejaculatory climax then crash type orgasm and it's very very limited so it's like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth right it's like mm -hmm. on one side we're like well men are the ones that are have all this um you know they can just orgasm anytime they want like you know they get off when women don't and all these things are true but we've also like limited their pleasure to be just this small amount. Whereas women, we've said like, okay, so maybe it might be more difficult for you to have the type of pleasure you want. But once you get to that point, you've got all this amazing type of pleasure that you can experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a weird, weird situation that we're in, right? So you're right. Like, I'm, I'm excited to hear like what are what what are they thinking about men's pleasure like where are they wanting to expand with that right and I think that and there's actually a lot of kind of going on around that right now and a lot of conversations or a lot of uh, research right um, because we're also questioning ourselves as far as like well what is pleasure what is sexual pleasure is it really just the orgasm I mean, that's not necessarily true, right? Because we do have a lot of sensation and pleasure all over our body. And it has to be the same thing for men. I say it has to be, but, you know, I hear that it is. But we're so focused sometimes on the orgasm that there's almost a belief, a belief in, in general for society, men, that that's all there is, right? Men are simple not complicated, simple, that's it, you know, and I think that that's a limited belief that now is being questioned. Is that really true? I don't think so. And um, I recently did hear, I wish I remember the name of this uh, gentleman that is involved in some of these conversations right now and testing some products uh, 
where they are able to help men feel different sensations closer to women. And they're trying to almost get to the point to, can we help each other, each gender, feel what it feels like to have the orgasm of that other gender, right? Mm. Can can a male uh, one day experience what it's like to have one of the female orgasms and vice versa, you know? So there are some things out there that are being tested um, in different ways. And I think that that is really exciting because it could open up men a lot more to their, to themselves and to them being um, more than just a penis, you know, <laughs> that right. there's so much more to them. Um, and, you know, that I think also comes in play with them being more open to sex toys, right? Just any sex tech that is built for them as well. So that the conversation and the testing and the discussions can um, can become more rich if we can have more of those conversations. Oh my God. So like one of the biggest regrets of my life is like never knowing what it's like to have a penis but if I could like do use one of these toys and at least feel what it felt like to have a male orgasm like I would be so much closer (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly that's what I'm thinking you know I mean we all were I think I mean think of the strap on right like I've yet to try it and it's on my list to do just because I want to feel what it's like to have that thing attached to you. And I want to kind of feel the power of it, you know, because I kind of do see it like a, like a a power in itself, Mm, you know? Um, So I can only imagine like being able to have the sensation of what does it feel like to have that the, the male organ on you, but then also to feel the power of its orgasm, you know? Ooh, wow. That's fucking hot. <laughs> Actually, that is. <laughs> uh, I remember oh when one of my, um, my dear friends was uh, transitioning from uh, female to male. And so uh, for his birthday, I gave him, there was only one toy on the market that I could find for um, people that were in that specific type of transition. And I was so excited that I found it. And that was my birthday present to him. <laughs> I haven't heard how that went and if he liked it or not, but I really hope he did. <laughs> Can I ask, what was it? So it was like, uh, it was actually a while ago that I bought it. So I don't remember exactly. I don't remember the brand or anything, but it was some sort of masturbation uh, toy. Yeah, I would have to look it up to, to see the details because it's it's probably been three years or so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I love that. I love that there's like innovations like that for, you know, different genders and different um ways of life right right now there's a lot of focus also like on you know sex tech for disabilities yeah no that's great Mm -hmm. because that's i mean that's an area where you know i have guys come to me with disabilities and sometimes i just don't know how to help you know and i wish that i had uh more tools and it's like i can work with them from a holistic perspective um Mm -hmm. But sometimes there are, you know, limitations to exactly what I can do. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, say, and a lot of these things are like really fun. And it's fun to hear them um, hear speak like the various communities that are innovating for their own other folks, you know, talk about pleasure the way that it is, we should just kind of unites us. Like we're all the same, you know, we're all the same, no matter what, no matter our disability, our issues, our gender, our pleasure is, is very fundamental and really powerful. And it, that just crosses to me, everyone. Right. 
Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned also was about how like technology and sex, how they're, they've been so intertwined for a long period of time. And one of the things that I hear currently is how the porn industry is really what like pushes uh, technology forward a lot of the time. Like, and that's just another example of tech and sex, the combination. I remember uh, a few years ago, like when the crypto world was like on fire, like it is again currently, but, um, and it was, Oh, I remember what it was. It was Pornhub started accepting uh, Bitcoin. And I think it was Bitcoin. It might have been one of the other ones. But um, anyway, it was a cryptocurrency. And it was like such a big deal of like how this is going to make crypto like just that more uh, widely accepted and legitimate because, you know, the because Pornhub was accepting it. And so you see like this, this intertwining of the two in all sorts of areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, I remember hearing about that. And, um, you know, one of the thing is the porn industry, you say about porn industry and, and, and money, because of the porn industry, we have online payments. You know, they were the ones, the first ones that started to stream um, online videos after the internet, you know, was born. And, you know, I think the first streaming live that happened uh, was actually a baseball game or something like that, you know, something very American that way. And um, then it was the porn industry that decided, you know, ooh, I don't need to sell a DVD anymore. I can just go ahead and send it directly into their screens. And, you know, that they started, they were the first ones started streaming, but then they needed to figure out how to get paid. So because of them, we have the online payment system, you know, and yet it's the same system that now shuts them out. Yeah. And they have yeah, now we have all the conflict also between sex and tech. So I know they recently <laughs> got booted out. Uh -huh. <laughs> right exactly so you know it just it kind of it, it's a balancing game right it, like we we go to one extreme and then we go to the other screen extreme and we have to find that middle mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's yeah it's definitely a constant thing like um right now like so many sex educators are talking about going to OnlyFans because of just like the hostile environment that we face on Instagram and you know platforms like that where anything related to sexuality is just you know put into the category of being a sex worker and nothing wrong with sex work but it's a different industry you know mm -hmm. and so and like but yeah it's always this constant evolution of where are we going next with sex and technology yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and that is the you know uh, for sex educators I feel that the sex educators on our social media have been so important in the last couple of decades I mean, when you have the, you know, the technology like this always in your pocket, that's your, that becomes your sex ed teacher, you know? So the fact that we had so many sex educators come onto those platforms was actually a really, really good thing. You know, that is also what helped push a lot of us into innovation. Mm -hmm. So it, it is a shame that um, social media platforms like you know, Facebook and Instagram are really not um, understanding what the sex tech industry is about mm. and being able to innovate because I know there is a way to innovate there. You know, they just, it feels lazy from my perspective or very political, you know, I'm not in there, but just from being on this side, um, it's, it's just too bad of, with everything that's going on with them, you know, but that is also an opportunity for us to innovate in other ways, you know, whether it's OnlyFans or all these other platforms that have come online now or creating something new. This is what, um, this is also what's really good. When we get pushed out of places, when we get the door shut down, this is an opportunity to go and create our own mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. So what are you most excited about in the world of sex tech? Ooh, gosh. Yikes. 
so many things. Let's see. Um, you know, not only is this my favorite word, but also I really love this part of sex ed, um, teledeladonics. That's a good <laughs> yes. word. And not a good word. It is. I love that word. Okay, so, say it one more time. <laughs> teledeladonics. Teledeladonics. Yes. Ooh, that's a it's sexy a kind of, word. And it's sexy word? <laughs> I know, it's always been my favorite. So I... Uh, you know, I was supposed to speak at South by Southwest this uh, this year, and I did a whole piece around teledeladonics, so just so that I can say it over and over and over. <laughs> but that um, teledeladonics basically is all like just all remote uh, pleasure, you know. So it's everything that has to do with um, apps that can control the pleasure for somebody else from the distant, mm-hmm. you know? So um, there's a bunch of great things where you can, you know, give your partner or someone else, um, maybe you can give them a blowjob from far away and they can, and it feels like it is like your mouth and, you know, and all of that uh, sensations are the same, you know? So I think those, I love that stuff. I think that's really, really cool. That is really cool. So Mm -hmm. how would you, how would that work? Would like the one person have a dildo and be like giving a blowjob to the dildo and then receiver? Uh They can be, um, they are customized as well. They can be customized to like the penis so that it cuffs, for example, so the penis is cuffed well. And then the giver is, has like a mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. you know, as well. And they, they control it through, um, through apps. Mm. So yeah, I love, like, I love that sort of stuff. <laughs> I love to be able to think like, how many people from afar can I give an orgasm to, you know, <laughs> or how many can do the opposite for me? <laughs> you know, the whole idea of astral <laughs> sex to a whole other level. <laughs> Right. I'm just I'm yeah. just wondering like so when I deep throat this thing and I start gagging and my mouth is salivating, it's like that thick saliva that comes dripping out. Like, do they get that mm. experience too? Uh, you know? <laughs> Gosh, actually, I gotta look into that to be like, how do we do that? How do we do like cock worship style, you know, feeling? Because that's also a visual, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm being so turned on right now. I know, know, right? Yes, and now with quarantine and the pandemic and everything, I have to go through and review all these and look at these by myself. It's horrible. (laughs) Well, I mean, it could be a worse job, though. (laughs) Yes, that's true. So so is that what you do? Like you, you go through and you review everything, you try them out? Not everything, but I, I do try a couple of things, you know, that are just, I'm really, really intrigued by. Uh-huh. I'll ask people if they want to try it, <laughs> like, you know, just have volunteers. Let me give this a shot. See what this is like. <laughs> because I also want to, I also want to experience, um, you know, the things that I talk about and support. I want to like experience it myself too and see like what level of pleasure does this bring? You know, I, I feel I'm pretty open to trying different things. So um, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right so, now that you said the deep throat got, thing, let yeah. me tell you, there's something coming um, that's so cool. It's a deep throat trainer. Mm, yeah. Really? But not only does it train you to, uh, which is great because I have a gag reflex and sometimes I really hate it, right? But there's apparently a way to train your muscles for deep throating, but it also for um, if you're into kink BDSM and you want to, you have a sub that you want to be like, okay, well, I expect you to train these many minutes and stuff. Well, they'll get a report on their phone when they're training, when their sub is training or, you know, um, stuff like that. And I thought, wow, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I don't need one for that, but I think that's really neat. (laughs) 
I, tra- I trained myself with my dildo when Do I, you? well, when I was doing, when I was, um, when I had never deep throated before. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what I did. I just trained myself with my, my glass dildo actually. And, um, but like, I am, I totally, I actually really love the gag reflex. Like mm-hmm. I like the choking and the gagging and the, mouth watering the eyes watering the yes. snot coming out of my nose <laughs> like <laughs> I I guess you got yourself trained a little bit I still need to work on the training to where I actually don't throw up you know uh, like I yeah because I know what you're saying like I love that sloppiness yeah of all like that sloppy feeling but it's the I got to keep it down, you know? (laughs) So the trick with that is make sure it's, you eat at least two hours before. So that way you've digested. (laughs) (laughs) That's the, that's really, that's the key. That's all that matters. (laughs) See, there's some things that technology you really don't need for. You just, you know, talk to your sex coach. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, I've had that. I've never like puked, puked, but I've had stuff that I was like, oh no, is that going to come up? And like, but yeah, as long as I eat at least two hours before, I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, you're taking this to Latin America, the women of Latin America. And, but what exactly are you taking there, like, and sharing with them? Well, you know, for Latin America, um, it's going to be a little bit softer. It's a softer landing. Uh, There's a lot of work to do there as far as accepting and acceptance and self-acceptance and being open to even understanding your own sexuality. Um, You know, there's still a lot of beliefs there and uh, religion is big and uh, it's going to take a little bit more before we can come in and start introducing some really hardcore things. Um, I, I, I plan on doing it, but I'm going to, I would really like to be able to help Latin America uh, maybe come up to speed with sex positive and, you know, having like a, positive body images and just self-love. And I feel that if we don't have that, it's really hard to accept a lot of the stuff that sex tech is putting out, mm-hmm. right? Because we we will have guilt around it. We'll have shame. It's embarrassing. What are people going to say about us? What are going to think about us? And so that is where um, most of Latin America is still, I mean, I'm, I'm not everyone, not, you know, uh, but the majority is. So for a lot of America, I'm, the platform that I'm going to be opening there is part education, part love, and then innovation. I really, uh, we don't have a lot of innovation happening out of Latin America just because probably mentally we're not there. But I want to encourage it. I want to encourage uh, innovation there as part of the technology side of my company. Um, either through accelerators or incubators, uh, maybe like hackathons down in Latin America to come up with their own stuff. You know, what fits well in our culture? What are some of the innovations that would work for for us in Latin America? Um, And I've also worked with some uh, folks down in Latin America that do have like sex shops and they're very open-minded and stuff like that. And one of the things that I've heard from them is a lot of the sex tech that's being produced is too expensive. Mm, It's expensive for them to get. It's expensive for them to sell. So everyone's like, why are we not creating? Well, because uh, very few are ready to accept. So there's a lot more work, I think, but I think it's also fun to kind of see the people awake, start to awake and start to see things differently. And then that should bring creativity to try to innovate our own things and see what we come up with down there and then open the market for everything that is being built around the world. Yeah, definitely. So when you talk about like the self-love and acceptance, are you, how are you wanting to introduce that to them? 
I probably will be curating a lot from uh, sex ed teachers in Latin America. Um, they do exist. I have found several of them and some in Spain too that I am going to be connecting with um, to help with that piece, mm-hmm. to be part of the platform. Um, I, I don't want to build anything where uh, my platform is seen as a sex ed platform, but I want to have a part where I can support sex educators to push as much as possible from that, from their perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's really the only thing that I can think of right now. I'm open to ideas, Sarah. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just know that from personal experience, um, you're not going to consume if you see yourself a certain way, you know, you're kind of shut down. So um, I want everyone to experience it, but you have to first start with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or else it just has that emotional residue of, like you said, the guilt, the shame, the, Mm -hmm. all the ickies that we so often have associated with our sexuality. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you have a favorite sex toy? You know, I do because it's pretty, but it's not even like tech. Um, it's it's the uh, the glass one, the glass oh, one, the yeah. pink. Yes, that is my favorite. It's, a it gla- is, glass, it's the glass one. It's the glass dildo that I got um, several years ago when I was in one of your sessions. <laughs> that is still my favorite because it's so pretty and I like the weight and the way it feels. And, you know, there's something very like um, feminine about it too, to me, that, uh-huh. you know, it makes me feel like feminine and sexy. And <laughs> mm, yeah. I like the glass ones also. Oh my yeah. God. But you know what I want to get? Um, I haven't gotten this one yet, but it's definitely on my bucket list of things to, uh, to not achieve because I'm buying it, but I want a better word than buy. <laughs> you want to try? <laughs> anyway, whatever. I'm just gonna fucking buy it for myself. There we go. <laughs> so you want to you want to manifest it? What? <laughs> I was trying to be kind of fancy or something, you know, but that didn't go over really well. Okay. <laughs> Um, no, it's the 24 karat, uh, gold dildo from Lalo, Lalo, Lilo, Lilo, Lilo. Yeah. 24 karat, 24 karat gold. It's like, it's about $3,500. Yeah. But it's so pretty. Yeah. It's really just sleek and beautiful. I'm going to have to look at that. I'm going to have to check that out. Oh yeah. So I will be adding that to my collection, uh, hopefully soon. Nice, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I'll have to I'll have to look for that. I'm gonna have to see what that looks like. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, it's a nice one. Um, they they have I've tried different some of their products. It's a nice company, um, but so what are you most excited to create? Community. Mm. Yes, absolutely. At the end of the day, for me, um, in the Latin American, even in even in uh, Let's Talk Sex Tech for both of them, because it's Let's Talk Sex Tech and Hablemos Sex Tech, um, it really is about community. Like I, you know, I can't wait to kind of have that community to have conversations and help others and just see the growth in it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And so are your platform is going to facilitate this community? Yes, it is. Okay. And how will that happen? What's your vision for it? Well, right now, um, well, what we're thinking is we're actually looking to integrate with some of the other, the new social media platforms. Um this is why I'm saying it's time for us to start growing and looking elsewhere. I think it's important that we do that. And I am coming right at the time when we're seeing that nothing's going to change with Instagram or any of them. Um, So 
I want to try to push some of these new platforms as well to Latin America um, and see if we can do an integration there. So that is, given that we're all on shutdown, that is right now the only thing we can think of. We hope that we can start traveling um, by mid-year because we do have some ideas for conferences, um, gatherings, and, you know, like I said, some hackathons in Latin America that we can do. Um, and if I'm able to build an accelerator, then I'm also going to bring that uh, to the major cities. Okay. So so what exactly is an accelerator? An accelerator, there are programs that tech companies put together, or it doesn't necessarily have to be tech companies, but um, a lot of them will have uh, accelerator programs where we will get a, an innovator or a startup, bring them in and help them grow. Help We help them with the technology. We help them with uh, putting their business out there, anything from branding to execution and just the technology part of it too, making sure that they have everything that they need. Um, so normally we run those programs anywhere from, you know, 12 weeks to four or five months, depending on the innovation that they're, that they're creating. So we'll take in a startup that's already kind of developed they just need that extra push, maybe that extra technology assistance. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to do that, but for sex tech innovations. Okay, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So where, what do you see happening around like just the oppression that we have still even to this day? I mean, even in the U.S., like there still is the oppression of pleasure yeah. and like, how do we really just, how do we eliminate that? Is it even possible? Like, how do we just get fully into our pleasure without, I mean, we even see it in the the pandemic where there's like some um, places, I haven't heard of this in the US, but in Europe where um, in Britain, they put a ban on uh, people having, um, I mean, sex. <laughs> Not, yeah, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, people having casual sex. Yeah. So they literally put a ban on people having casual sex. And, you know, it's just, there's always, it seems like it just comes up in new and different ways, ways to oppress our pleasure. And I totally get the severity of COVID and that it's real and like it's very serious and it's something we need to take serious measures against. And yet, like aside from all of that, just from kind of like if I was just like a bystander just stepping back looking at this whole thing, I'd be like, the fucking pleasure police has been rampant this year of like every way they can say no fun. They're like, no fun, you know? <laughs> and of course, sexuality is definitely included in that no pleasure. Um, no pleasure. No, no pleasure, no fun. <laughs> I'm like, whoever, yes. and I'm just joking. I'm not saying COVID was like this created thing, but I was like, you know, if it was a created thing, I would be like, whoever the fuck created COVID was just like, I want to stamp out fun for a year. <laughs> right. And it seems like if it's not COVID, it's something else, right? They, they, they'll find something else, you know? Right. So what do we do? Like, how do we get out of this oppression of our pleasure? How do we, you know, I think, um, I really do feel it's just not giving up, not giving up on speaking up and putting awareness out there. And I mean, for you who works as a coach and an educator, I am so grateful for so how many people are doing the work that you're doing today. And to the point where I'm like, more, come more, more come into the market, right? Because it's a voice and it's um, it's awareness. And I think that that is really the only way we're seeing new generations, right? I mean, now um, millennials are, you know, they're pretty accepting, uh, 
they have no problem being online and talking about sex. They have no problem buying it. They have, uh, you know, that that's one generation that we could potentially see that it's like the first generation that we're like, wow, they're getting a little bit better. So we are seeing those older generations that are saying like, you know, no casual sex. I mean, when you think about the people that put these laws, I mean, just take a look at them. They're on their way out. <laughs> Right? Yeah, but didn't, we, but didn't we say this in the 70s too? <laughs> Did we? I don't I mean, know. <laughs> I mean, you think of like the sexual revolution of the 70s and, you know, everything that happened with that. And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, those past generations are on their way out. Well, oh my and God. Damn it, they're still here, some of them. <laughs> I, mean, I, do, yeah. I do think we have progressed. You we know, have, but, you, but you're right that we do still have oppression. And um, to our benefit, we have open lines of communication through the internet and through social media. As much as they try to shut us down and everything, we are still able to kind of throw the messages out further, you know. So I, to me, I feel like let's let's just not give up. Let's just keep going, you know. And I think with um, the way that the sex tech community is, for example, it's very open and very helping of each other. There is nobody that doesn't come into that does not get support or help because we want to make the world a better place. And it's not just about the technology. It's about your pleasure and your acceptance and just you being you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, well, I see it in my lifetime. Let's just be honest. Will I see it completely eliminated in my lifetime? Probably not. But I think that I will definitely make a difference for for some, at least a couple of generations ahead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I think that's just part of the, the journey, you know, because even before that, it was <clears throat> the roaring 20s and, you know, just debauchery yeah. and hedonism. And, you know, you've got the, the Greek culture where it was orgies and just such free expression of sexuality. And, right. Like we have these different moments in time where we get to experience it, and then the pleasure police it's comes taken back. Yeah. It is, you know. I, I'm not sure how that happens actually, but yeah, I mean, there was a time where it was just a very spiritual practice, right? You know, when it was normal and it was honored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't give up Sarah don't give up you know know. we have to keep speaking up like that's all I have to I feel like we can do is you know just keep speaking up and keep helping others as much as possible Um, I'm actually glad that you're doing work with men I I feel like um, men are kind of being left behind although they were a big problem of our society, but they need help. They need help differently, you know? And I think that um, the more that we can have people helping men with their mindset and the way that they see themselves too and the way they see others, I, I it would be, it would be really helpful. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it was, I mean, men really suffer just as much from patriarchy as women do. Like, it has not worked out well for them, you know? And so like, I think the systems that got put in place, um, patriarchal systems, like that conditioned men to be the way that they were for so many generations was horrible for men, really horrible. Like when it comes to like their, their emotional development, psychological development, their even spiritual development, right? Like it just made, made men conform to such narrow programming, like just narrow ways of expressing themselves um, in order to be accepted as a man. And like, that is something that I'm so grateful to see that conditioning with this generation, we're starting to move through that so men can be fully embodied, fully expressive, um, you know, and not just in their sexuality, but in all areas of their lives. So, you know, it's like, yeah, when I, when I just see the, the men that I work with and how 
patriarchy has impacted their lives, like maybe they can, maybe they have the potential to make more money, um, which, you know, is starting to shift, has shifted, a lot of that has shifted, but like their quality of life has not been <laughs> that great, right? Like just right. because there's this, like this idea that they're like, have been the, the controllers or, um, and in a lot of ways they were, but yeah, it wasn't necessarily a good thing for them. You're holding this expectation that was put on them, right? Yeah. And it's like their belief. And I, I can't imagine that you can actually feel full pleasure being in that sort of state of mind, you know? So now I kind of walk around looking at men differently, like almost feeling bad for them, wondering do you feel full pleasure? Do you even know what that means? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and their men are, um, particularly white men. I think, I think it's white. I think the number 70% of suicides are by white men. So what we're seeing in that is men have this like deep anger inside that they either project at themselves, which is depression turned into suicide, or they project it outward at others, which is the abuse that we see. So what are they so angry about? They're just, I mean, they're angry at all the, everything that's gone on in the world, just as much as the rest of us are. Um, I think with all of the, the revolutions that women have gone through, um, like you said, men have gotten left behind and it's definitely time for men to have their own revolution of like really claiming their masculinity in a way that feels good to them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Without the expectation of controlling, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think that if, um, men start doing that more and becoming more aware, more conscious. I think that that also helps with eliminating some of this oppression, right? Because there's nothing like awareness and consciousness, you know? Um, so I, I, I don't particularly in my space care to talk about a lot of, um, the horrible things that are happening in, in, uh, in like the sex world, right? The, I mean, you know, the human trafficking and all that. And um, I get it. I know it's there. I, I, I recognize it. I know a lot of the technologies that are used there. I get it. However, I feel like if we can focus more on the work that, for example, you're doing, that I'm doing and bringing pleasure, which it means, you know, having to check in with yourself to be able to be there, we will help that other world better. We will help eliminate some of that violence, some of that need to have the situations that we have in that sex violent world. Um, So I'd rather work here, you know, to eliminate some of that. And I think some of that will lead with helping to eliminate some of the oppression. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, there's so much, so much out there. And I'm grateful for the groups that are working in those areas. But yeah, same as you, it's like, there are only so many hours in a day. And like, I really am about specializing in the area that I specialize in, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it's important for people that specialize in those areas to focus there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, how do you feel about playing Let's Talk About Sex? Ooh, let's talk about sex then. All right. So I've got this card deck, Let's Talk About Sex from Games for Humanity, uh, created by Aaron Hickok, who you know as Ooh, well. Aaron, yes. Yes, Aaron. She's amazing. So um, let me pull a couple of cards. And let's see what we've got to say today. All right. Okay. It says, oh, this one came up in my last. I want a different one. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
feel like I'm playing with my kid who always cheats. <laughs> it's like, no, this one's too hard for Pictionary. I'm going to pick another. No, that's not the way it works. <laughs> that's not the way it works. This is how I am with my tarot cards, too. I'm like, eh, no, I don't like that one. Give me not a, a new message, one. No. And, then, <laughs> and then I'll like pull the same fucking card four times in a row. I've literally done that. Or I'll pull the same card four times in a row. And then I'm like, I just get rid of it. <laughs> and then it gives me a new card, but with the same fucking message. <laughs> you cannot escape the truth. <laughs> okay, we'll do this one. All to right. me, sacred sexuality is blank. Mm. To me, sacred sexuality is connection. Yeah, that's beautiful. So simple, but so true. Like connection is um, what facilitates the sacredness yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. ah, beautiful. All right, let's do one more. All right. I practice self-love by blank. <laughs> I practice self-love by masturbation. Mm. Yeah. Yummy. Uh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. If I feel stressed or I need a little me time. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. That is uh, my go-to as yeah. well. Well, it's been so great to be here with you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. It's been so much fun. I'm really honored to uh, to be on the show with you and um, have this conversation. It really has been a pleasure. Well, I just cannot wait to see you just transform Latin America and all those women there. Oh, my God. They're so fucking sexy. <sighs> <laughs> I definitely got a thing for Latino women. I think probably because the first woman I had sex with, she was Latino. And oh. yeah, so I don't know, maybe, maybe I had sex with her because I already had a thing for Latin women or the opposite. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just both. Wonder what came first? <laughs> well, Sarah, I recommend that you start practicing your Spanish you know, so that you can come and be guest for us among um, all the Latin women. I love that so much. Will you tell everybody how they can find you? Yes, they can follow me on Instagram at uh, Let's Talk Sex Tech or at Hablemos Sex Tech for our Spanish speakers. And also um, at our website, um, www.letstalksextech.com or ablemosextech.com is perfect all right yes. it's all in the show notes as well so check that out <laughs> follow rocio and yeah you're kicking ass so it's uh so thank great you sarah thank you you're welcome and that is sex and sarah rose Oh. Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode. And you can also find out about how you can work with me. Until next time, lovers. Down tonight.